What does it mean to lead with the heart? To live from the space that holds such a visceral truth to your existence and all the answers to the questions we seek outside of ourselves. Even though we each have access to the space within, so many of us have derailed or have felt disassociated from the somatic feelings our bodies communicate with us in every moment. For myself, this journey of coming home to my heart and truth has been one of unlearning and calibrating what has resounded and felt expansive, and in the process can sometimes feel hard to face and extremely uncomfortable. This journey of growth invites us to explore the shadow aspects of ourselves that we have all kept in the dark to some degree. And if you danced in the space of shadow work, then you know how heavy this can feel and you also know how empowering and liberating it can feel. My guest today is Ashmi Pathela. She is the author of Awakening the Heart of Humanity. She is also an artist, a prolific writer, and a woman that leads with her heart and inspires others to do the same. We explore the heart space, spirituality, and the discomfort that can come with growth. We dive into so much more, and I'm so glad you've met me here. And as always, my heart is touched by your holding space for these conversations. Your support continues to expand my journey. And without further ado, here is our conversation. Hi, Ashmi. I'm so hi, hi. I'm so excited to connect with you in this sacred space of mine. I remember reading your words and feeling such a deep resonance with it. And I myself am going through, feels like some sort of spiritual awakening or mm. a very spiritual journey. And in moments when I have felt so isolated in it, your words brought me such comfort because I felt like it mirrored so many aspects of the journey that I was in. I'm always in. And so it's so beautiful to connect with you on my podcast. And I know you're all the way in Australia and our time zones are wacky, but I'm so happy you're here. And I just want to welcome you to my show. And I so appreciate you and the work that you do. Thank you so much, Jenny. I know this journey can be really isolating. Like when I first started, I was like, there's no one else who gets this. Like, who, who am I? <laughs> it's really crazy. But now I feel like more people are joining and mm-hmm. kind of coming together online. So it's really helpful. It's funny because I think I really struggled with what are these emotions I'm feeling? And it required such a degree of letting your old self die. And it all feels so unfamiliar. And I remember reaching out to you not too long ago. And I'm like, I feel like I'm tethered to nothing and connected with everything. And it just feels weird. And it's hard because you don't relate to anything the same. And it doesn't mean you don't love those parts of yourself that existed before the changes start to begin. It's just, I don't know. It's like you almost, I feel like I didn't recognize this expansion and yet it felt expansive. So it was really like unfamiliar and inviting. And Mm -hmm. it also didn't align with certain aspects like relationships in my life or old habits or even places that once meant something to me. Just, I don't know. It just, everything felt different. And I'm just wondering for you if that's what it felt like. Yeah. Oh, it felt like the whole world flipped upside down. It's like the rug is suddenly pulled from under my feet. And it's right. It's like you're kind of letting your old identity die because everything like the values you used to hold so dear, or even the authorities you looked up to the ideals for your life. Even for me, it was like, what does happiness and success mean to me? And Mm -hmm. I was in Silicon Valley and chasing the career ladder there. And suddenly I just felt like this isn't what I want anymore. It was a dream at the time before, but I started feeling really burnt out and suffocated. And I felt like there's something more for me in this world. And if I keep climbing this career ladder, I'm just going to lose my true essence, my true heart. So I started traveling around the world. And in that time, I had everything you describe. It's like, this dark night of the soul, um, Mm. reevaluation of myself, what I want, who I am, and also about the world, like waking up to the shocking truths about the world that I was blind to before. So, and also the magic of the universe. So it was really Mm -hmm. light and dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too, how you just said that it felt like light and dark, because I feel like what I'm 
starting to recognize is that our emotions are an emotion and the frequency is a scale through which nothing's bad or good. It just is. And then it's the story we attach to our experience that really can make it that much more difficult or that much more of a flow. And when you're in it, it's almost like you're seeing life through a veil in that dark night period. That's what I felt like in the last six weeks. And it was hard to discern. (laughs) I don't know. I even had moments of like, what the F? What is is this feeling? It's so weird. But yeah, Yeah. it, it is light and dark. And then I felt like to the degree of the darkness was the degree of the joy I felt too. Like the extreme light and yeah yeah it is a polarity and I feel like it does feel kind of lucid or reality becomes more surreal because you're unplugging from the organic matrix like our consciousness was just in the box of the way we thought the world was the way we thought life was and the moment you start realizing there's so much more to this Mm -hmm. reality to life to the truth of your essence your soul you start opening your consciousness to perceiving things, feeling things, feeling frequencies you never really noticed before. And we don't really have words or concepts like mentally to describe what it is. We start feeling like, what is this? How do I describe it? And it can feel like this void of not knowing exactly where you are finding yourself and where you're going. But something inside tells you keep going, keep exploring Mm because it's your curiosity to try to understand what's going on. Yeah. It's such a exciting and scary place to be. And I'm just wondering when you were in the depths of it, what helped you stay anchored to like this 3D consciousness? Because we are so human in these meat suits, having this human experience and like we're souls having this human experience. And I'm just wondering how you were able to calibrate yourself in a sense that felt like you were honoring your human experience and you were integrating that aspect of yourself that was like, you know, it literally feels like a higher frequency is what I can describe the feeling as. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to kind of get lost in that floaty space. And whether you're going down the rabbit holes of truth or whether you're floating up and experiencing the higher frequencies. But for me, it was nature because nature Mm. is the organic consciousness. It's the organic template. So even though you're kind of unplugging from the conventional mind-based, fear-based, lack-based matrix, which is inverted from what's the truth of this life, If you just go back into nature, you will come back to reality, the truth of your heart, the truth of this reality. And for me, in the dark night of the soul, I was in Thailand. Mm, What a place uh, to be for the dark night of the soul. And I I was solo (laughs) traveling. So I was in this Airbnb, totally like completely shattering everything I thought I knew. And I would spend hours both meditating in that room, but also going out to the sun, laying in the grass, staring Mm. at the sky. Because I think when you're going through that, your mind is just breaking open and overloaded. So your body can be really lethargic. I mean, sometimes light, but if you feel really exhausted, it's because you're really integrating all the changes and transmuting everything that's coming through. Mm. So I just needed to like lay in the sun and let myself be. And that's like a huge unlearning from the old self that wants to always be doing and having achievements and making progress. It's like, can I just love myself as I am now and just Mm. be in this moment, practice being more present. Yeah. With the experience. Yeah. I resonate so much with that because when we're integrating that kind of energy or that feeling of letting in so much light, I feel like the more light you let in, the more your shadow aspect comes out and it's just this invitation to let it go. And then that question of like, how do you transmute this? So I love that you said you were in nature and that really helped anchor you in because I feel like in this journey of mine, nature has been my solace. And the downloads I was getting was like, holy shit, it is so connected everything beautiful happens in the dark. Like so much beauty happens in the dark. When we're in the womb, it's dark. And then we birth, Mm. we come onto the earth as these little humans. And then the soil, like the way we plant seeds, it's in the dark. And that's where so much of the magic happens. And then we integrate 
so much into our mind and through our hearts. We can't see inside. It's only something that we can feel. I think often the last few days, especially the, the way we treat the earth is the way we treat ourselves because it's, it's full circle. And we, the soil health especially is speaking to me so much because it's on a cellular level, the host through which all the harvest grows. And so mm. it's, it's alarming to me how much nature is. I feel like I just, when I see it and I feel it, it beats through me so much. So I love yeah. that you said that because it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And one thing is our focus animates our reality. So maybe like in the past, when you're just in your routine, in your head, you're not noticing the trees or the shiny, you know, sparkling lake or the sun as much. But when we, because we're so powerful, we create our reality through our intention and focus. The more you zero in and zoom in on the present moment and just look at the grass, the butterfly, it starts becoming more vibrant in color and you start animating mm -hmm. the world around you. And you might even notice more synchronicities that happen to me, more signs, more messages. And like you said, you feel this connection with nature, with animals that maybe you were less aware of before. Yeah. It seriously feels like you're high on life. Because yeah. it's exactly what you said, like colors are brighter. The birds tweeting is like a melody of your heart. I feel like <laughs> everything is so beautiful because yeah. it's mirroring the awareness of the beauty of that heart centered truth. So mm -hmm. it's such a powerful space to be in. And yet, like you said earlier, it's so hard to put into words sometimes. So I'm curious for you, because I know that you wrote a book about just the shifts that were happening. I think it was before the pandemic, right? Yeah. During, I think. Yeah. During. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to know where in your journey did you feel that nudge or guidance to be like, I've got something to share with the world and I'm going to write this book. And what was the process? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're a writer too. Well, we are all creators, you know, and we all have our unique medicine and gifts to share with the world. I feel like from childhood, I've always known I'm here for a reason. And I've always loved kind of expressing my soul, expressing the beauty I see around me through art and words. I've mm -hmm. always been journaling, but kind of like your mind takes that nudge from your soul and starts putting urgency around it or this yeah. idea that, oh, I need to write a book. That's my dream. You know, I'm going to be an author, more like a label. And when I first felt that it was coming from a pure place, like a pure soul desire, but my mind was too much in the process of how can I make this really uh, valuable for the audience or how can I make this credible? Right. And the first version of that book, I tried to write in Bali, maybe three, four years ago. I was so stuck and I was in my head. The drafts didn't flow. You know, I ended up throwing it away and I let go of this need to create from the mind, from a place mm. of lack. Like I'm not good enough until I do this type of feeling. And I actually, I was following the nudges of my heart to leave my old career path in Silicon Valley. And even while I was traveling, I was consulting clients in Silicon Valley to keep that safety net. But my soul told me, you're going to be so much more supported by the universe. Everything's going to be much more in alignment once I leave that because it was suffocating me. So I ended up giving notice to all my clients and quitting my safety net, my work, you know, my past career. And I actually took three or four months off to allow myself to really be for the first time since childhood, <laughs> you know, wow. and allow myself to not need to be working on a goal or producing anything to feel good about mm. myself. Cause that was a deep program of, yeah, I love achieving for myself, but I also love achieving to prove myself and be good enough for the world. So I needed to really sit in the discomfort and all the fears and judgments of like, you're not doing good enough and allow myself to love myself through that. And mm. When I didn't have any agenda in mind, I was in meditation and this feeling of love came through my heart. And it was this, it was the voice of my soul. It was like, 
I want to create this book. Like I want to hold it in my hands. I want my soul, my essence to be in it. I want my art in it. I want my children to hold it. I had tears running through my eyes, running down my, down my cheeks, whatever. (laughs) And it was just this intense emotion of joy. And Mm. that's when I knew like, instead of writing a credible self-help book that looks good for the world. I'm going to create my art and put my words and my heart into this creation and let it be channeled. And it was my love for humanity, for the awakening that's happening right now to make this time capsule of, wow, look at you, humanity. We are doing it. Mm. You know, Finding the magic and power within waking up. It's intense and amazing. And I wanted to capture my essence in that journey. Hmm. That is so beautiful. I could feel the love and intention Mm -hmm. for that mission that you answered the call to within your soul. Like I had goosebumps the whole time you were saying that. So (laughs) thank you for sharing that part of your journey. And I've read some words from that book and it's so, it's so beautiful. I've had conversations with the coach before and she was telling me how like, you know, life can be depths and levities and there's so much, there's so much in between. And it's so hard for us to accept the truth because there is a lot of social contagion and collective trauma we've experienced Mm -hmm. as a result of wanting to belong. Like, I really believe it's so human of us to want to do what everyone else is doing. And at the same time, it's also the invitation to reflect back on yourself and really ask, is this requiring you to abandon your truth, your values in order to fit in? Because one thing that we're seeing is a lot of people will, in that situation of choosing to belong to or being with themselves, more often than not, they will belong to the community instead of honoring that truth because it can feel so scary and isolating. And so... I would love to know from the process of writing that book, what is one fundamental takeaway that really helped you in that time of the collective shift we were all going through in our own way? And I think that's something really important to note is that we were all going through it. Like there's no judgment. We're all integrating at our own pace and nothing's good or bad. It just, it just is. So for you, what was it? It was a journey into trusting myself. I feel like a lot of us, most of us feel like we're not good enough. And that Mm -hmm. is the collective human wound. And along with that, we don't trust that we are the way we are for a reason. Like you start comparing yourself to others, thinking you need to fit in, like you said, and belong. When you have the tiniest nudge of your heart telling you, I want this, or I feel this, or I think this, but then your mind says, no, that's different from other people or no, that's kind of strange. That's not going to be accepted. So you don't even kind of notice it's happening underneath the layers, but the more you give validity to that voice within, Mm -hmm. the more you allow it to lead you. This was my process with both the awakening and the book journey. The more I trusted my voice, the more it came through unfiltered. And the more, like you said, other people around the world can feel my words and feel like they're not alone. So I think the parts of ourselves that we reject most are the most beautiful parts of our essence. And they're all here for a reason to come back to that essence, because that's where you're going to find your soul's gifts and your true voice and your true north. That's yeah. I love that you said that because what I'm feeling like in this process myself is that expansion is just a compound of iterations that is there's no arrival and it's actually just a bit of a backwards process where you're coming home to yourself like we're so focused on wanting to do and achieve like that old mindset you had before and it's a weird space to be in because the job of that part of our brain where we're so wanting logic and survival and all those things is it doing its job and I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is at some point, is it still expansive? Is it still enhancing that part of you that feels like pure joy when you're in it? And is it serving you or is it because it's serving an element outside of yourself? And that's definitely something I've struggled with myself. I still do. It's all a practice. And even in in the craft of showing our art and our light, 
you know, how you were saying about how you wrote your book and you wanted to write it just purely from the space of your heart and being in flow with that. It's so easy. I know in my process too, I've had moments where I'll feel the channel, like I'll feel all these beautiful words coming through me. And that's often how I write. And then my ego gets ahead of me. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how this is going to land for people. I don't know if it's going to make sense. And one thing I learned is that when you don't get in the way and you let it be what it wants to be, instead of you making it what you think it needs to be, the people will come. It just, yeah, you don't get to choose who you impact. And so even if it's one person, that's still one human who's mindset and heart space is going to shift because you trusted your intuition and your soul's call to action. Yeah. So I just wonder for you, because that's so much a part of your journey. And you were saying you were, you would hear yourself as you wrote the book. What does that feel like for you? Does it sound like your own voice? Is it something that does it sound like a loved one that passes voice? How do you know? How yeah. do you discern that nuance between is this my mind or is it my heart speaking? Yeah. First to what you were saying, I think it's amazing. We want to be of service, you know, as light workers, but even more than the one person out there who can be changed, ask yourself, how can I change myself? How can I liberate myself through this expression? How can I create joy through this for me? And do mm-hmm. it for your own joy first. Because when you are in that, that is your soul alignment. And when you're in that light and whatever comes out is so pure and true to you for your own frequency of joy, that's what has the impact to spread like wildfire and help others. Or that is what that one other person will feel the most, right? I think we often think like the voice of the mind and heart are could be polar opposites, you know, and really easy to decipher. But right. sometimes around our heart's creations, it's actually very merged because what your heart wants is also similar to what your mind wants. Like your heart and soul wants to create a book, let's say, but your mind also wants to do it. And then the ego is there. So Mm. it's hard to differentiate, you know, the difference in the voices and the frequencies. But like you said, for me, it was about removing my self-editing or criticizing mind a little bit and first giving myself permission to get all the words out on paper for myself without thinking, how's the audience going to receive it? Or how's this going to be formatted? So it's well-read. So just in that channeling state, journaling, journaling, journaling. And I had so many different posts and essays from the past. So a lot of it was about just getting it first out on paper in that flow state, in that meditative heart open state. And then when it's time to edit, you can put your thinking cap back on and a little bit more, tiny bit more critical eye and be like, okay, (laughs) this paragraph feels a bit too ungrounded or this part doesn't make sense. I need to clarify. But once you have it on paper from a channeled state, you'll actually see that it's already pretty perfect the way it is because the message is already complete. And you might just tweak a few things or add more context, but the core of the message is there. You just have to get out of your way. Mm. How long did that process take you from start to finish? And did you have like a ritual way to approach it? Or did you just literally go with the flow? Mm. Yeah, (laughs) because everything I did with the book was undoing my old Mm. self programming in the productive working world. So instead of like, I need to write three hours every day or else I'm not a writer, Mm -hmm. right? That's the old way. It was, I'm going to trust that the message will come when it needs to come. And I'm going to trust that I will be some days, there's going to be nothing and that's okay. And the process maybe took about, well, three years of writing in my journal. And a lot of those passages ended up in my book while edited. But the concentrated time of writing the book maybe was like a year. Mm. Okay. Uh, Seven months-ish of writing and editing and editing. But then the rest was, you know, putting the cover and everything else together and formatting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was more letting go of my self-judgment around Mm -hmm. it needs to be done by this date or I need to make it good because that self-judgment, it becomes your writer's block. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I think the self-judgment too 
circling back to what we were saying about the shadow is potentially like a beautiful aspect of ourselves that we've just suppressed because uh-huh. we're too worried about how it might land outside of ourselves yep. and mm-hmm. it has such potential to be the key to so much that we look for. Yep. And I'm just wondering for yourself in this process, when you get that nudge to host a workshop or a circle or write this book, for example, did you ever feel like this sense of urgency or was it just so calm and you trusted that it would unfold in divine time or because Mm, both? Mm. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked is because in my own path, like what I feel is just show me what you want me to do. Like I feel the, I literally feel Mm. buzzing in my body. And I know I've reached out to you about this before. Cause I'm like, what, how, what, what do you do with it? And, and I feel like the guidance and the messages that I'm getting are bigger than where I'm at on this human scale that I'm afraid yeah. to meet it. I'm afraid mm-hmm. to meet it. And I don't want to be afraid to meet it. Like I, I truly want to just let it out and let it flow. Yeah. And to me, my belief around the creative journey is that you are the conduit through which that work wants to flow. And if you don't answer that call, life keeps flowing. Mm -hmm. It just goes on. It goes on. So how did you deal with that? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Feeling the bigness of your soul's mission and that Mm -hmm. huge vision, you'll know it because it gives you excitement, right? And that kind of goosebumps and, oh my gosh, really? But then the mind goes into fear of how do I actually anchor that or action it? It's different. That excitement is different from the urgency more from because the urgency of the 3D or lack based mind is you need to do this or else you're not good enough or you need to Mm. do this or else you're not living your mission or you need to find your purpose. Like it's coming from this kind of push, whereas the soul's excitement is oh my gosh, I'm so excited or I have so much love. I want to give it to the world or this love I want to channel into a creation or I see my life, uh, you know, in the future timeline or on the new earth and it brings me joy and I want it. Like that is pure, you know, and how to anchor that is for me, it was this little practice of asking myself, what is my highest excitement right now? What is my highest joy to do right now? And it can be such a small inspiration or little nudge, like go for a walk, go talk to that person, Mm. go get that book, go to the bookstore, you might see something. It's just playing with that synchronicity. And then the nudges start getting bigger. It might be go do that painting, the one behind me, or (laughs) go write this one little paragraph because it's coming through you in the shower and right before bed. Yes. And when you follow those nudges, it is your higher self guiding you. It is your soul. It is your heart. That is the path of ease and synchronicity and more ideas and more momentum on that path. So instead of trying to jump to your massive vision that is so huge and breathtaking, but scary, just (laughs) let it be in this one hour, in this one weekend, what is my highest excitement? and do it. And when you're in that flow state, more ideas will come or you'll feel less resistance, less self-judgment, more open. And that's the right flow to be receiving the next hit of inspiration, the next breadcrumb. That is such a beautiful piece of advice and reminder because you're so right. It's sometimes that I've had that happen so many times where I get this intuitive ping that's like, turn around and go to that bookstore. And I have no idea why, but it just, I trust it and I go and then I'll run Mm -hmm. into someone that I haven't seen and they have a connection to the thing that I was thinking about. And you're so right. Like what, what is exciting to me right now in this moment and just anchoring into that presence instead of the need to be perfect in the outcome. Yep. And manifestation is speeding up. Our frequency is rising. Our consciousness is expanding. We're feeling more connected to our reality and all elements in it. So it's so much easier now than ever before to follow the synchronicities. And another thing is with your massive vision, you might feel like who you are right now, you're not able to hold that frequency. Like for me, I had this vision three, three years ago that I would be speaking to so many people about the story of humanity 
and it would be how we made the shift happen. And crazy as it sounds, it wasn't just humans. It was other dimensional beings. So it was crazy. But I was like, what? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't even like public speaking. Like this was a time when I didn't even do podcasts. Right. And I was nervous to have my face on a video for a minute. So that version of me was like, how am I going to make that happen? Even though it brought tears to my eyes and it felt like, yes, this is wow. This is what I want. Storyteller for humanity. Yes. the thing is, as you take the baby steps into the unknown, there's an element of trust. Trust that all the ingredients, experiences, all the insights, all the realizations that you need to become the person you are in that future timeline to hold that container, it will be provided. Even though right now you might not think, I can do that. You might not think I have that capacity or I'm oh too scared. That lands so much for me. And I'm sure it lands so much for so many of our listeners because I've thought about this, like how much I've struggled with anchoring into the present moment and trusting with full heart that I will be held and life has got my back. The universe has got my back. And when I look back at my life, there's a catalog of proof that of many present moments where I've been like, I don't know. It's so uncomfortable because I can't see the other side. And then knowing that forging ahead and and really easing into that with flow has always yielded me a far greater return that was far bigger than the fear that I felt. So just, yeah, just really going with that and realizing that you will be held, especially when the intention is in alignment with your heart space. And one thing I learned too about that frequency is our heart has a bigger magnetic field than our brain. And so to scientifically know, I mean, I, it's like so connected with the frequency of the earth and that magnet puts out, I guess what I'm trying to say is essentially, it's sort of like saying what you seek comes seeking you Mm -hmm. when you can actually create from that space and manifest Mm -hmm. from that space. And as humans, it's so easy to like want the things and go for the material things, but we forget first to ask ourselves, like, why do we want the things, you know? And I, I had this download the other day about manifesting and so many people think it's all about vision boards and there's nothing wrong with that. That's another way. And it's also about looking at what is beautiful right now. And the yeah. word that was channeled through me was manifest. Like life is Ooh, a, I love right? that. It's so wild. Feast. It's like life is a feast. It literally is a buffet of beauty right before our eyes. And before we go to wanting that for me, it's that house on the ocean where I literally could feel and see myself there with my family. It's what in your life right now in this space is giving you that same feeling that you feel when mm-hmm. you see that, you know, and it's just amazing what, I mean, how that feeling anchoring into that feeling completely suspends the urgency to want to be mm-hmm. there where, where you're not, yeah. you know? Yeah. And for me, it's like collapsing timelines. Yes. What you want is just a frequency away. You know, if this concept of time is just a 3D concept, we're energetic beings. You can collapse timelines to the point where something you thought would take you years can be right there. If you yeah. trust, if you think you're worthy enough, if you feel open to the path of synchronicity that will take you there. And like you said, it is about feeling the frequency or emotions or feeling of what that future self would feel like now. And the more you can feel it now, the more you can picture it and act as if you're already there now, the faster Mm -hmm. it will come. It's not about the material. It's about bridging the gap between you and the you you think you will be in order to have that, right? Totally. Yeah. I I had a conversation. I don't know if you know Lori Ladd, but she was, we talked about this and it was all about the quantum field. And she's like, you have to kind of see it from a space that that house on the ocean already exists in the quantum field. And it's like your highest expressed self is, is kind of inviting you over in, in the form of this present moment to expand to that energetic level. And how do you honor that? So, I mean, it's big, it's really big and it's easy for these concepts to get ahead of it, get ahead of us. 
and where we're at as, as having the human experience. And it's such a magical piece that we can all access. Mm-hmm. So I, I so appreciate the journey you're sharing because I feel a little bit more calm about how unfamiliar it feels for me. Mm-hmm. So it's nice yeah. to know I'm not alone in it. I want to talk about you and Joel and <laughs> uh, Joel is your partner and he's your, I'd say he's your soul partner. Would you say that? Yeah. 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 I know that you guys have a love story of synchronicity and I'd love to hear a little mm. bit about what it means for you to have a soul partner and just a little bit about how you guys met and what your mission is together mm. in this lifetime. Oh, beautiful. It does tie in with my journey so much and everything we've talked about because I was in Bali after Thailand and really learning to see the world through new eyes and see myself through new eyes. And I had a big journey of self-love and self-gentleness and kind of healing the parts of myself that felt really unworthy or hurt as a child. And in that journey, I started feeling more love for myself and everything around me. And I mean, being in Bali, it is magical. There's (laughs) magic all around me. But my intention and the way I was seeing the world was show me the magic, bring me to more magic. And that's the lens through which I was smiling at strangers in the street and they would smile back. And I noticed this really weird glittery beetle that I'd never seen before. And it made me (laughs) amazed. Like life became really colorful again. And Mm. I was really connected to my soul and I felt more trusting and following the nudges of synchronicity. So the first nudge was like probably three months before I met him, I had the nudge to sign up for a spirit festival in Bali. And I just felt like I need to be there. So I just signed up and I forgot about it. And then (laughs) in April, 2018, It was the week of the festival and the first day. Somehow I wasn't feeling like going and attending that day. So I went to a different cafe and I followed the nudge to go to this one cafe with my book. And I was sitting there and that's when Joel walked in. Mm. And it's like, usually like an hour earlier than my usual dinner time. I had been sitting there longer because I brought my Kindle, right? So all these factors played into me being there longer Mm. than usual. And he walked in and it was this instant familiarity of, oh, I need to talk to him. Something about him is really, I never had that feeling before of not just like, oh, I want to pick him up. It's, it was like, (laughs) I need to talk to him. This man's aura, something about him really felt, yeah, really shiny and glowing. And I was trusting those nudges back then. And even Mm -hmm. now, so luckily he sat outside first. So I was like, oh, how do I, how do I make this? Happen? And I was like, okay, I'm going to trust. So I kept reading my Kindle and miraculously outside, there's no like backrests for chairs and mm-hmm. his back was hurting. So he decided to come <laughs> inside and sit kind of diagonal from me. And it was this beautiful cafe and there's a little kid playing nearby. So we both were laughing and I saw that he had the wristband for the spirit. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's my in. And I said, (laughs) are you going to spirit fest? And and we started chatting. And then that week we saw each other at spirit fest, you know, just, it was a big festival and he was with friends too, but I was really drawn to his aura and something about him. He seemed like he was just loving life. So open-hearted, so free just friendly to everyone. And that's where I was like, Oh, he's really friendly and open. Like, I think he's not flirting. Like he's just being really genuine. (laughs) So (laughs) I couldn't really understand what it was, but I felt drawn. And uh, a week later, yeah, we really went, we went on our first date and we were long distance for a while, but it was unlike any connection I'd have had before where it felt like this energy of, really feeling calm and at home and Mm. really curious and excited at the same time. And we went deep from the beginning, like really sharing our stories or our journeys. And I guess, of course, it was meant to be because we both have helped each other 
in our awakening journeys, coming back to the heart. It's amazing how much we share similar kind of frequencies or, or views of the world and not just views, but the energetic feeling of it. And that's why it's almost like I don't need to share in words how I'm feeling. Or sometimes we'll go through the same exact clearing or shifting or subtle shift in energy and he'll explain it like what he's going through. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going through that too. So it is like a mirror mm, helping uh, me see more into myself. That is so awesome. And what a gift to experience that and recognize it in this lifetime together. Because I think, you know, as humans, we all desire that love and that connection. And one thing I so love about your story is that as exciting as it was, there was this calmness about it. And I think when we're single and we're falling in love and we're in that dating world, we think it's about falling in love. And it's, it's actually, I can relate. It's actually, it can be chaotic depending on how your journey was. But when you get to that space of deep knowing that this is a soul partner and there's this deeper connection far bigger than the moment you actually met, it does feel really calm. There's this level of comfort. And like you said, familiarity, and it feels like home almost. Yeah. And it's such a I was just going to say it's such a powerful thing. It's truly such a powerful thing to experience in this lifetime. I'm so, I'm just kind of marinating in your words because I just wish for everyone that they can have that in this lifetime. And I think we get, we get so obsessed with, they need to check all the boxes and, you know, they need to look good on paper. And I don't know if my family will like them, but like, what do you want? And does it match the thing that your heart is speaking to you. And we so disassociate from that. We're so conditioned to disassociate from that because we want life to look a certain way instead of feel a certain way. And it's so easy to miss that connection. And yet when you're in that flow, like you said, with that synchronicity, oh my God, it's just, you don't have to do a thing. He put his Um, bracelet on that day. Could you imagine? Like, little stuff like that it's the little things it's amazing it's wild sorry yeah, you're, and our you're meeting was something. so synchronistic yeah I just wanted to say like but we had challenges of because course. I think when you meet someone they bring up all the fears in you yeah and like you said it wasn't falling in love it was rising in love or meeting yourself mm, meeting so your fears head on yeah because I was terrified of thinking Because at first we didn't have an exclusive commitment because we were long distance. He's in Australia. I'm originally from America, living in Bali. And we didn't know when we said goodbye after I left Bali to visit family in America, when I would see him again, because he was there only on holiday. So it was this fear of like, is this too good to be true? What if I lose this? I could notice parts of me kind of self-sabotaging a bit Mm -hmm. and not wanting to get my hopes too high. And he moved through his fears too. And it was only until and after we moved through our own inner fears. And one for me was surrender. Mm -hmm. Like I am so attached to this outcome. I want it so bad. I Mm -hmm. want it to work, but I'm terrified of being seen fully or not being good enough or losing it or messing it up. And so I had to get to this place of deep surrender and know that I'm going to be okay no matter what. And I'm going to lead with my heart, even though I'm scared of getting hurt, you know, getting disappointed. And when I did that, there was another shift where we actually really came together. So of course, you're going to have some bumpy challenges too. But I think they're of a different kind than, like you said, the chaotic, you know, chasing romance and chasing the drama and the highs. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm just... Again, I'm marinating in your words because the rising in love and it's it's so indicative of the journey you were on within yourself mm-hmm. and just you two were able to hold space for each other in spite of the fears that you had or the insecurities mm-hmm. that you had within yourself. And I love what you said about that surrender and acceptance piece because it's, yeah, it comes back again to trusting that present moment and knowing you'll be held when you honor your truth. Mm -hmm. I did an interview once with Mark Groves and he was saying, 
the universe will remove anything or anyone you place yourself worth in to remind you that it doesn't belong there. And that's such a deep thing to anchor into because again, as humans, when we're leading from our ego space, it's so easy to really white knuckle the outcomes we want. And they're true. We do want them with our heart. And the question becomes, what is the price you're willing to pay if it means you have to leave yourself? Yeah. So I want to honor you and Joel for the relationship you're in and just shining both of your light on each other and in the world. And I know that you guys are building a heart temple in, I believe, where you live in Australia, right? I I have here Denmark, Western Australia. And yeah, and I want to hear more about this venture Mm -hmm. that you both have. Life will throw you curveballs where (laughs) because of the pandemic, we canceled our trip to visit my grandparents in Japan. And instead of traveling, because we couldn't leave, uh, this is two years ago, we decided to just do a road trip down south to Denmark, which is Mm. five hours south of Perth. And because of that, we stumbled upon this magical piece of land. Oh my God, it's so beautiful, by the way. (laughs) Pictures on Instagram, I'm like, to my partner, like, Sean, you got to see this piece of land. Like, it's so dreamy. The trees really hold amazing space here. The carry trees are so tall and there's like red parrots and foxes. And it's like crazy to me. And the lake. Yeah. And it's crazy that I'm in Australia. I still pinch myself because to me coming from California, it's like Australia, like that's (laughs) so far and exotic. (laughs) So um, life will take you if you really surrender any idea of how it you think it it should be. Because my original goal was, you know, being a power couple in Silicon Valley, hustling and working on our laptops till 10 p.m., changing Mm -hmm. the world. And that was happiness before, you know, what I thought it was. So when we found this land, I just, wow, I gasped and it felt like a yes. And then Mm -hmm. we had to move through massive fears again of Mm -hmm. what if we take this leap of faith, you know? So it was another whole process of that. The the timing was amazing because it was right before the market took off. And we had the time to work through our fears instead of getting this land snatched up by someone else really quickly. It's 55 acres of forest and Crazy. Uh, 10 minutes to town, 10 minutes to the beach. And we want to create this temple space, a retreat space. And probably there's no language in the 3D realm to describe it, but I really feel like it will be a high vibrational space for people to really come back to themselves and their heart and connect and create and it will be magical. There's no real timeline yet. We're just allowing it to unfold synchronistically and just trust even this land has its own kind of flow to it too. Oh yeah. It's, I cannot wait to come to your piece of paradise. (laughs) I'm curious what Joel did before he met you that you two are able to work in this manner and yeah. fulfill this sort of mission because it's it's a big one mm-hmm. and not all careers allow the space for that. So I'm wondering yeah. what you what he does and you yeah because you do this um, full time and you create full time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's crazy because when you're sitting in an apartment, right, and in your life where you have so many bills and all this responsibility, of course you're going to be like, well, I can't just travel the world and pack up and just live a dream or even go to Bali. And it's not about that. It's not about going anywhere outside of yourself. It's first finding that freedom and space within to give yourself love, allow yourself to feel more held and guided and supported, allow yourself to trust that the path will be shown. And the more you trust, the more it will unfold. And during the pandemic, a lot of people were just in isolation. So that's where the awakening happened, like in the comfort of your own being. You don't have to go anywhere or make anything happen or buy anything to experience that. But for us, Joel worked in mining, which is a huge industry in Australia, in the corporate office, pretty big mining firm, and mm. worked there for 10 years. And I worked in Silicon Valley. And I guess it's that was also supporting me. Like I have no regrets because thanks to that, I developed trust in myself and my gifts and my ability to create 
even my technical skills, right? Like some of these things mm-hmm. you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and the more we trusted our path, the more I was guided to certain investments. Like, I don't think that's an accident. I feel like when I started traveling the world, I was tuned more into my intuition and more things came into my field that I really paid attention to. So thanks to that, I I did make some investments during that time. And it was Mm -hmm. the universe showing me, even if you quit your high powered job, you're still supported. There's still opportunities. This is the crazy part with Joel. He went through another layer of awakening and he had this clear vision. I need to leave my job. So in September last year, he quit his job and it was this trust in the universe. And we really felt we had 10 days of feeling like we're in a higher frequency where there was no fear, no doubt, complete trust. You could call it this connection with divinity or or our higher selves. And we were like, oh my God, do you feel this? What's going on? Like, Mm. And that's when so much shifted. And the more we started walking our heart's path, the more we felt really held and supported. And it was a leap of faith in the conventional world. You wouldn't do that with a mortgage and stuff. You wouldn't not quit your job. Right. Mm. But yeah. At, at that time, I was also, you know, that's when I launched my book. That's when I started really stepping into sharing from the heart. My audience was growing. And even though it doesn't look like the safety of my previous career, I feel more held and secure and abundant in my being than ever before because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the more that I do this and follow my truth, the more people will reflect that to me and the more I'll feel held. It's the frequency inside, you know, and the naysayers will say, you can't make that happen or it's hard for me, right? But that's the power of belief too. Like if you really believe that, you're going to keep getting evidence and experiences that prove that to you. So the first step is shifting the belief of your limitation or what is possible in life. Mm, yeah, that everything you said is so beautiful, like shifting the frequency within. And the thing that I could compare that to in my own journey now is just that rising, that ascending to that higher frequency. There's so much unfamiliarity about it, yet it feels like coming home to myself, even though the world outside me is shifting as I trust this nudge. Even in the loneliness, I don't feel truly alone because I have myself. And so in that sense, the universe has been responding to me in ways of a new community I'm growing into, synchronicities with these podcast conversations, and just so many more opportunities that there's no way even having this conversation with you, like there's no way I would have seen myself doing this a year ago. If I had just answered the fear and said, no, it's too big. I'm not going to follow that. Even though it literally kept me up at night, Jenny, start a podcast, Jenny, like Mm. it is time. And so I love the story that you share in that because it reflects so much everyone's ability to embark on that journey of trusting that inner frequency, that pulse is so real, so powerful. So as we wrap up our conversation, I'm just so curious because I know that your journey sort of began in 2017 with the whole spiritual path. And what would you have told Ashmi back then that you know now that you wish that I guess what really what you could offer others about answering the call to your heart. Trust it. It is all going to be okay and beyond what you can imagine. And I think as light workers or whatever you want to call yourself, if you don't feel like you fit in, in the conventions of the world, if you feel like a black sheep, you might think that your gifts or your yearning for a different way it's not going to be supported by the conventional matrix, right? You're going to doubt yourself. But this matrix, this crumbling system, we're all seeing it being exposed now. People are more and more suffocated with that old way of mm. being. People are seeing the hypocrisy, the companies you trusted, the leaders you trusted. A lot of them are being shown for their true colors. So as that world crumbles, a new one is rising. And that's mm. the one you're tuning into in your heart. and. Right now, it feels like, well, it's not safe. But actually, jumping off the sinking ship 
into the <laughs> new beautiful island that's there, that's the safest thing you can do. And mm. you're going to be afraid like, oh, there's choppy waters. I'm not sure. It looks so nice, but this boat <laughs> is what I know. Well, the boat's sinking. So trust yourself. You know, 7 billion people are going to want to do the same. Like that island mm. is going to be populated and your gifts are going to be shining. So if you leap and trust yourself and follow your heart, those gifts are going to be what's going to create the new way of being. And it doesn't have to look like any of the paths or conventions of the old, your unique essence for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the more you allow that voice to shine through, the more it will create this unshakable pillar of light of your foundation. It will feel like a rock supporting you that no matter what happens in the world, in that old world, you are safe and you're shining. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful way to, to wrap our conversation up. And what I also remember about some of your words that landed for me, and I just want to add this for others is to be playful. It doesn't have to be so serious. And I, I can attest to have taken myself way too serious. And mm -hmm. again, that urgency of perfection and getting it done. And just in all the things you said, I think it's okay for us to just let ourselves off the hook a little. We're having a human experience and just let yourself play in it. And if you mm -hmm. mess up, those are actually great opportunities to grow to that higher frequency. Mm, I love that. Play is how we unlock our true essence, our light, where we get out of our head. Yeah, into mm. the heart. Yes. I would love to know how we can find you. How can our listeners connect with you? What have you got coming down the pipeline? Tell us all the things. Yeah, you can find me most on Instagram. So it's at ashmi, A-S-H-M-I dot path, P-A-T-H. And that's where I share just my journey and any insights I have on the awakening, any messages for the collective and a lot of people are reflecting that back and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going through the same. So you'll also find <laughs> tribe <laughs> and community. And then through that, you'll find my book and I do ceremonies online to really help show people how I connect to my higher self and guide people through that journey of kind of receiving messages from spirit, trusting yourself, tuning into the new earth or your future self. And really anchoring that in. And we had one on Wednesday, so two days ago. So that recording is still available on my website for anyone who wants to join. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm so excited to learn more about you as your journey continues. This was so much fun, Ashmi. My yeah. <laughs> soul literally feels filled up and mm, me too. My, my heart sees yours. And I just, I want to thank you. It almost makes me emotional because I feel like you've gave me something here today. Call it soul medicine. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to ride this feeling out. And I'm so excited to connect with you down the line and just mm. see how this all plays out. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. You have a gift. I mean, what you're doing right now, it is in your alignment. You're shining the way you listen and ask questions and really just share your heart. That's so beautiful. So thank you for the thank space. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. Okay. Bye, Jenny. Bye. My conversation with Ashmi felt like such a deep exhale into my own journey. Her morsels of bravery and the wisdom she shares has touched my spirit in a way that invites me to explore more of it, even in the layers of discomfort. It takes great courage to live from our heart and it can feel triggering to those in our life who are not there yet. As we continue to navigate these spaces together, the invitation to hold space and be present with curiosity will allow us to soften our edges and give ourselves grace in the process. If we allow presence to be the conduit of where we're at, Perhaps our judgments of others and the journeys we're in can be let go. And maybe in connecting more with ourselves, we will be able to further connect with others. I'm so thankful to have crossed paths with Ashmi and this conversation has really reminded me of what's important and what rings true to my own heart. Next time on High Tide, I have a conversation with a couple, Frank and Xanthi Appleyard of O'Sierra 
They're a creative couple from Canada that tell the story of their journey of moving abroad and taking risks in life's adventures and how this all unfolded for them. I can't wait to share this conversation with you. Thank you again for being here with me. I'm sending you so much love. And if you liked this conversation, please share it with a friend or family member. And I appreciate your support so much. Until next time, I will see you again soon.